Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, good morning. We good? Yeah? Who's ready for Christmas? You've bought all your presents. All right, there's like four of you. Good for you. I'm right there. I do not have my presents bought, but I'll get there in the name of Jesus. Uh, who's excited for next Sunday? Come on, our Christmas celebration. It's gonna be awesome, awesome. Uh, on the seat is a card. We want you to invite somebody. Um, one invitation can change somebody's entire life. One invitation can change somebody's life because they can meet Jesus. And Jesus can restore and heal broken lives and give them eternity with him forever. It is so important. We're gonna have a great, great service. We got awesome things planned for the kids. Um, our worship team has been working hard. Got a little choir for you. Come on, got a little choir action. It's gonna be a great, great Sunday. Um, I'm gonna tell you right now, um, it's gonna be full, full, full. Um, we have already, not even this upcoming week, already we have over 200 new people that have reached out and planned to visit and said they're gonna be here next Sunday. It's gonna be a, come on, isn't that amazing? It's so exciting. It's gonna be a great day and we're gonna celebrate Jesus and he's gonna do powerful things. It's gonna be good. Um, real quick, Will, Steph, can you guys come on up? Um, come here, Bubba. Look, me and Ace are matching. Christmas sweater and Jordans. We look good, don't we? He looks good, doesn't he? Come on. Um, we have a wonderful opportunity here at Elevate Church to make a great announcement today. Um, two years ago, you think, or two? Two years ago, Will and Stephanie walked into church, and uh, me and Will met that day, and I was like, we're brothers. I, I know we are. I don't know. We are brothers from another mother, and, and, we, just, and we, just found each, <laughs> we just found each other, and it was an instant bond, an instant connection, and it was one of those moments, I know from my life, I knew that God had brought somebody incredible into my life. And, um, and I've built a wonderful friendship and relationship with Will. And uh, he's been amazing. He sings. I mean, he's multi-talented. I'm like, how do you get to sing and preach? And I'm like, come on, right? And uh, he's so good. And uh, we are so blessed that we are gonna be able to bring Will onto our staff in a part-time role, and he's gonna become a campus pastor here at Elevate Church. And as you've already seen, he's gonna be a part of our speaking rotation. And uh, I just believe that he has just wonderful gifts um, for our church. And one of my favorite things, this was honestly, honestly, um, one of my favorite things about Will and Stephanie, I saw this from day one. I, meant, I mean this, day one. 
they were so interested in the people of Elevate Church. I just watched them love on people. I just watched them instantly connect with people. I think it was week two, I saw Will praying over somebody. And I thought, this is, this is a man of God and this is different. And so we are so blessed to have Will come on and help us into this next season, amen. I want you to stretch your hand forward. We're gonna pray over Will and Stephanie. Father, we love you. Lord, I worship you. And I thank you, God, for this relationship. I thank you, God, for this bond. I thank you for this man of God that you've brought into my life and brought into Elevate Church to help us in this next season to accomplish all that you've called us to do. Lord, we release grace, blessing, wisdom, revelation, truth, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, God, that you increase their territory, but we thank you, God, as you increase their territory. Father, they bring a blessing onto this house. They bring wisdom into this house. They bring grace into this house, and we thank you for many, many that will come to the saving knowledge and truth of you through Will and Stephanie. Lord, we thank you for this partnership. We thank you, God. Thank you, God. We love you. We are so blessed to have him. I ask you to bless him now. We worship you. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, get real loud for Will and Stephanie. Come on. He's a good boy, isn't he? All right, who's ready to receive from the Lord this morning? Come on. I said, who's ready to receive from the Lord this morning? I want you to pull out a Bible. If you got a Bible, I want you to pull out a notebook. You're like, wait, we have school? No, you just remember what you write down. And I promise you, if you'll write down some things today, it's going to bless you in next year. Okay? It's gonna bless you in next year. I saw a post the other day, and how many of you know that probably 90% of the things that you see on social media, you're like, I hope to never see this again, okay? This is awful, okay? But I saw a post, and the post read this. A lot can be different 30 days from now. And I was like, yes, I agree to that. A lot can change in 30 days. 30 days from now, it's gonna be January 9th. No more Thanksgiving, no more Christmas, no New Year's, we're all done. Back to life, back to reality, right? The holidays, it just, it's like a glaze, right? Let me ask you an important question, a powerful question. Who will you be in 30 days? Will you be the same person you are today? Will your life look any different 30 days from now? Or will you still be trapped in 2023? 
We're in this great series called Trapped. We're learning how the enemy traps us from us receiving the blessings that God has for us. And some of us are trapped in 2023. We're trapped in 22. We're trapped in 21. And can I even go as far to say that some of us are still trapped in the death of 2020? We haven't moved on. We haven't grown. We haven't changed. So who will you be 30 days from now? Because you have an opportunity to change it today. With his grace, his strength, and his power. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for truth and that your word reveals your wisdom and your understanding, your great plan for our life. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and fill us with your prophetic thoughts and understanding today. We worship you. We honor you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Give it up for the worship team. They were wonderful. <laughs> Psalms 23, verse four, says this. Even when your path takes me through the valley. Psalms 23 is a passage about the shepherd and the shepherd Jesus leading and guiding and directing our life. And the word tells us even when his path, the shepherd's path, takes us through the valley. And I know there's so many of us that think, well, I don't wanna go through the valley. I like the mountaintop. It's clear at the mountaintop. It's peaceful at the mountaintop. It's beautiful. I mean, think about the pictures that people take at mountaintops. You're just like, they're incredible. They're stunning. They're gorgeous. You see the sun and the clouds, and you see the terrain, and you can see for miles and miles, and you feel like you're on top of the world. There's victory at the mountaintop, and yet the Lord goes, I'm going to actually take you through valleys sometimes. Why does the Lord take us through valleys? Well, the Lord gave me such a beautiful picture of this. He said, to go from one mountaintop to the next mountaintop, you actually have to go through the valley. If you wanna go to the next mountaintop, if you wanna go to the next victory, if you wanna go to the next place that I have for your life, you're going to have to go through the valley. Goes on and says this, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Ephesians chapter three, verse 19 says this, may you experience, and I love that word, experience, because there's so many times where you're in service and you'll look at me after service and you'll go, Pastor Jeff, I don't know what it was. During worship, you were reading this verse and I just started crying and I just felt overwhelmed and I'll always go, it wasn't me, it wasn't the worship team, it was the Lord in his goodness just reassuring you, loving on you, filling your soul. Come on, can I get an amen from anybody? It's amazing when God shows up like that because he says this, may you experience, not just know about it, not just some theory, not just some thing that we believe it, that you would experience the love of Christ that's too great to fully understand, then you'll made what? You'll be made complete in the fullness of life and the power that comes through what? His love, his love. I, I don't fear 
Why don't I fear? Because his love conquered me. 1 John 4.18 says, love never brings fear. Never. True love, authentic love, will never bring you fear. It says this, for fear is always related to punishment, but God's perfect love, love perfection, drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. See, there's so many times that God is actually leading us through the valley, through the darkness, through the low places, because he has a plan to get us to the next victory, the next mountaintop. But we get into the valley, and it's dark, and it's a little chilly, and we start thinking to ourselves, this is the moment the Lord is going to leave. This is the moment the Lord is gonna let go of my hand. This is the moment because I have some failures, I have some mistakes, I have some things that I've been saying, some things that I've been doing, some things that are messed up in my life, and this is the moment God's gonna give up on me. We think God's gonna punish us in the valley. It's just the opposite. Can I reassure you of something? There's nowhere better than in the valley that you'll experience the love of Christ. The love of Christ will show up in the valley different than the mountaintop. You will experience his true love, and when his true love comes in the valley, it will do what? It'll drive out fear. Why will it drive out fear? Because God poured out all his wrath, not on you, but on who? On Jesus. He's not trying to bring wrath to you. He's trying to pour out all that wrath on Jesus. Let's keep going. It says this. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for I'm near to you. Verse five, you become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight me, you anoint me with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit and you give me all that I can drink. My cup overflows. How many go, yes, that's what I need in my life. I need the power of God's grace in my life. My cup overflows. Verse six, it says this, so why would I fear the future? It's a great question. If perfect love is leading me and leading my life, why would I fear the future? The only reason we would fear the future is because we are fearful that we will repeat our past. We're fearful that we're gonna repeat 2023. We're fearful we're gonna repeat 2022. The mistakes, the failures. The only way that I see my future with death is if I'm living in death. And here's the deal. God's plan is for you to live in victory, but you have to eat it. God's gonna serve up the meal. He's really good at that. 
He's serving up a great meal today. And he's going, I'm gonna serve it up to you, but I need you to actually eat it so that you can find freedom in your life. So we're gonna look at some ways that the enemy traps us in 2023 so that we do not have victory in 2024. And we're not gonna talk about New Year's resolutions and stuff like that. All that stuff is cute and nice, but it won't last. It'll end in like five days after you make them, right? Let's just all be real and honest about it, okay? We're gonna find real victory today. So trap number one is this, old plans. Old plans. Mark chapter six, verse 45, it says this, after everyone had their meal, I'm thankful that Jesus is pro-dinner time, pro-meal time, okay? I am happy that he likes food and I, I can't wait to have his food someday. After everyone had their meal, Jesus, what does this say? instructed, you need to underline that, you need to highlight that, you need to write that down. Jesus instructed the disciples to get back in the boat. And now that's a whole message in itself because there's so many times that we've gone into the boat with the Lord in faith and the boat took us out on the water and then the water got choppy and the storm came and we freaked out. So when the Lord comes back to us and goes, hey, I need you to get back in the boat, we're like, yeah, I don't know about that. Do you remember last time, Lord? You said to go to the other side and the storm came and we were gonna die. He gave him instructions. Get back in the boat. Sail to the other side. Last Tuesday morning, I got up and I was tired. Y'all feel me? I mean, tired, tired. Had a long weekend, rolled right into Monday, had staff meeting. After staff meeting, we started decorating, got home late Monday. Tuesday morning, I woke up and I was tired and I was achy. And I thought to myself, why am I achy? I just went to bed, I just slept. How am I achy after I just slept? Anybody that's over 40 understands what I'm talking about in this house, okay? And I was tired and I was achy and I wasn't feeling my best and I woke up and just, it was just one of those things she knew that I wasn't feeling my best and she was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'll be all right. And so I went to my closet, put on my shorts, put on my T-shirt and grabbed my shoes and she was like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to the basement. She's like, to do what? I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna go get my workout in. She's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna get my workout in. See, she doesn't know, but a few weeks ago, the Lord was speaking to me about 2024. He was talking to me about the leadership initiatives that we're gonna have here in 24. He was talking to me about some of the discipleship programs that we're gonna roll out in 24 to help you and your family find victory. He was talking to me about the worship nights we're gonna have, talking to me about some of the new events that we're gonna have in 2024, talking to me about reminding me that the Lord told me a few months ago, hey, in 24, you're gonna go to a fourth service. Isn't that cute, 24-4? He said, you're gonna go to a fourth service on Sunday night? And the Lord came to me a couple weeks ago with a new plan and new instructions, and he said, hey, to handle what I have in store, for you and this church in 2024, you're gonna have to get physically stronger. 
So I went to basement. I'm, I'm down there. I, I, I turned on Pastor Robert Morris. Anybody familiar with Pastor Robert Morris? Because I'm a pastor and I need pastoring. And so I turned on Pastor Robert Morris and, and I, I turn on the treadmill. And, and, and I don't feel like I want to do this. Can I get a big amen from anybody in the house, okay? I do not feel like walking on that treadmill at that morning. But I started walking, and I'm a couple minutes into it, and all of a sudden, the presence of God just showed up. And I could feel his love, and I could feel his grace reassuring me that I was following his new instructions for my life in 2024. Do you know that God has new plans and new instructions for you to handle the things that are gonna come in 2024? The Holy Spirit is the one that knows the future and can tell you about your future and prepare you for your future so that when you get to your future, you're ready to handle your future. There are so many times that God's blessing wants to come. He wants to pour out blessing but you're not in a place that you can handle it. So often, we think to ourselves, why did 2023 not look any different than 2022? Well, I'll tell you, you never got new instructions. That was real good. You never got a new plan. You never heard from the Lord. You just went into the new year thinking it's just the same thing from last year. And yet God goes, no, I got new instructions for this new season of your life. You can't live with my old plan. Point number two is this. Trap of the enemy is this. Toxic relationships. Toxic relationships. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. 2 Timothy chapter three, verse one uh, says this. You should know this, Timothy. In the last days, it will be very difficult times for people will only love themselves and their money. Does that not sound like the day we're living in right now? It says they will be boastful and proud, scoff at God, disobedient to their parents. And for all the kids in the house, you're like, why would God put in be disobedient to their parents? Because God actually has a plan that you learn to be obedient to your parents first. And then as you're obedient to your parents, you will grow up and you will know how to be obedient to God. That's why we have a generation of grown people right now that don't know how to be obedient because they weren't obedient when they were growing up and they didn't have a house that taught them obedience. My job as a parent is not to be the friend of my child. My job as the parent is to be the parent of my child and teach them how to follow Jesus and be obedient. Amen? It says, we'll be ungrateful. Consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving, slander each other, have no self-control. We see this around the world right now. There is no self-control in the world. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their, their uh, friends, be reckless, puffed up with pride, lovers of pleasure than God. They will act religious. <laughs> now he starts talking to the church. 
He says they'll act like they're followers of God, but they'll actually reject the power of God that could make them godly. And then it makes a profound statement. It says this, stay away. Stay away. Remove people that look, act, talk like this. The Bible actually tells us, move away, stay away. Remove these toxic relationships out of your life. There's so many of you, you're trying to change your life. Your life is trying to become more like Jesus, but you are surrounded with toxic relationships that are pulling you away from the things of God. There's so many of us that are married that we want healthy relationships, healthy marriages, but everybody you surround yourself with, they all have broken, messy, messed up marriages. They don't honor each other well. They don't treat each other good. They're, they're actually harsh to each other. And you wonder why your marriage looks like those marriages. How about this? You're broke and everybody you know is broke. There's an old term, birds of a feather flock together. So you're broke and you think you're broke, friend. Man, you feel so much camaraderie in that brokenness. <laughs> Just talking about how broke you are all the time, how you don't have enough all the time. No, it's real. It's real. Spirits connect with other spirits. You know people that gossip? They find people that gossip. Right? People that are angry find people that are angry. And I know what you think. You think to yourself, that's my boy. Like, we've been rocking together since we were kids. We grew up playing sports together. We went to school together. This is one of my best friends. That's my boy. You think, that's my girl. We do girls' trips together. We get our nails did, right? That's my girl. Or, or if you're not married, and, and you're with, you know, in a relationship, and you're like, that's my person, we're vibing together. I got this vibe with that person. Can, can I say, maybe you need to find a new vibe? Maybe you need to find a new boy? Maybe you need to find some new girls? Maybe you need to find some people that are actually going after the things of God and will encourage you in the things of God and help you in the things of God and not tear you down. And when you mess up, they're not gonna pull you farther down. They're actually gonna lift you back up and help you get close to Jesus. <laughs> Amen, come on. And I know you think, well, well listen, listen, listen. I remember this uh, growing up. You would date somebody that didn't know the Lord, and you'd be like, listen, I promise you I love Jesus enough for both of us. No, you don't. It's called missionary dating. It don't work. I promise you. How about missionary friendship? You're like, I'm strong enough. Maybe you're not strong enough. I remember the first thing the Lord asked me to do when I became a follower, I mean a real follower of Jesus, he said, you gotta let go of some of the relationships. Why? He knew I wasn't strong enough. 
He knew I needed to remove some relationships so it would change my focus, so it changed my vision. You want to change 2024? You want to see victory in 2024? I'm telling you, change some relationships in your life. Some of you that are young and you're struggling in your marriage, find some godly, older couples in our church and get close to them and ask them really great questions. Take them out to dinner. Bless them. Ask them, hey, how do we fix our marriage? I remember this wonderful couple, Mark and Missy McCullough. They surrounded our life and it changed our marriage. Some of you are broke. You need to get next to some people that aren't broke. And I know when you're broke, you're super intimidated because I've been broke before. And when you're broke, you're intimidated around people that aren't broke. But guess what? I promise you the people that aren't broke, they are going to be willing to help you get you out of broke. Surround your life with the right people and I promise you it will change your 2024. Trap number three is this, a toxic view. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says this, where there is no clear prophetic vision. And I know we read that and we're like, what does that mean? Well, it means this. There's no moment in your life that you are getting God's thoughts, God's plans, God's wisdom, God's perspective. There's no biblical truth in your life. There's no wisdom, there's no understanding. And the word tells us where there is no clear, prophetic God, vision, wisdom, people quickly wander away. You wanna know why people leave the church? They have no prophetic vision for their life through God. And they just wander. They have no purpose in the church. They have no identity in the church. They have no passion for his church. Why? They have no prophetic vision. And because they have no prophetic vision, they can never put down roots and stay anywhere. They're always constantly wandering. And they'll wander to this church and they'll wander to that church. And eventually, they'll just wander away from church. They'll stray away. They have no God thoughts, God vision for their future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The Lord has plans for you. He's got a plan for 2024, for your life, for your marriage, for your children. It says this, they're plans for good. You're like, wow, church is over. Let's go, I'm hungry, right? He's got a good plan. We gotta change our view. So we got this thing going on with our neighbors. And I'm not gonna go into all of it, it's not fun. I actually had the police at our house at 11.30 last night, and I'm like trying to get ready for today. 
And how many of you know that your first thought is rarely the correct thought? Anybody like me, like when, when something goes down, you see red? I'm gonna end right there, because I'll say some things that might incriminate me for my future, okay? Disqualify me, right? So you'll see red. Rarely is the first thought the correct thought. So what do I need? I need to ask God, what is your perspective? I need your view. I need your understanding. And so I asked the Lord the other day, I said, Lord, what's your thoughts about this? And the Lord said to me, I want you to pray for them and bless them. And I was like, come again? I think we've lost connection, Lord. I think you're crazy. And I don't hear that or receive that. And the Holy Spirit reminded me, he said, what do we do to our enemies? We pray for them and we bless them. <laughs> See, God's views are really different than your views. God's prophetic wisdom and understanding and revelation is very different than the way you see life. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, he said, don't you believe that I know your future and the future that I have for you is good? Now the only way I can pray for them and bless them and also believe that God has me and my family and blessings set up for my future is if I believe totally that God's got my back. Romans chapter eight, verse 28 says, and we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned, can you just look at your neighbor and say, God's concerned about your life? Just tell him, tell him, God's concerned, God is concerned. He's concerned with your everyday life. He's concerned with your job and your career. He's concerned about your finances. He's concerned about your children. Anybody in here that has children understand that every single one of your children are different and they need different things and he's concerned about that? It says this, causes all things to work together as what? A plan. That means he's gonna take the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's gonna take the valley. He's gonna take the trauma. He's gonna take the pain. He's gonna take the dysfunction. He's gonna take all of this, and he says, as a plan, my master plan, I'm gonna work it all together for whose good? For his good? No, for your good for your good, to bless you, to take care of you, to bring you into victory in 2024. He is gonna use everything as a plan to bless your life. How many of you now would say, I need new views, new viewpoints going into 2024, right? 
I need to see life differently going into 2024. Point number four is this, toxic faith. Daniel chapter three, verse 15. King Nebuchadnezzar says to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm gonna give you one more chance. I'm gonna give you one more chance to bow down and worship to the statue. And this is the enemy's plan. To get us to a place in our life that we will not worship the things of God, but we'll worship the things of the earth. That our allegiance, our time, our talent, our finances won't go to the kingdom of God. They will actually go to the things of this world. It will go to darkness. And that you will worship things and that you will make them idols in your life. And so he says, I'll give you one more chance to bow down and to worship the statue I've made. When you hear the sound of the musical instruments, but here's what they said. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? This is one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, oh my gosh, you are a funny guy. You have a great sense of humor. I know that you got this blazing furnace, and I know that you're the king, and I know that you're commanding everybody to bow down and to worship you. You you got a great sense of humor. And their response is this. We don't need to defend ourselves before you. I know know that, that you are gonna throw me into this fire, but I don't have to defend myself. I don't have to, I don't have to do anything. Verse 17, if we're thrown into the blazing fire, I love that they actually think, yeah, there's a chance we're gonna be thrown in. They said, if we're thrown in to the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power. Let me ask a great question. Who and what has the power to save you from the blazing furnace of 2024? Because I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now, I want you, I want to prepare you for things that are gonna happen in 2024. The world is gonna continue to burn. I know, I know we wanna go back to like 1990. Man, 1990 was a good time, man. That was a great time of life, okay? It would be really nice to go back. I mean, for me, it would probably be like 92. The Bulls won their second championship. It was like a good time (laughs) in my life, okay? I know we wanna go back to those days, but I'm telling you, the world's not gonna stop burning. Why? Because we're getting closer and closer to seeing Jesus come back. We're seeing closer and closer to the church going home. And the world's gonna burn. And what is going to save you from that furnace next year? What do you have set up? And I know that probably 100% of us would go, yeah, well, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. But I believe if we were really honest with ourselves, if we were really truthful, most of us would say, my true faith is not in Jesus. My true faith 
is in myself. What I can do, my strength and my gifts and my talents and my abilities, my real strength comes from that and I call this the Martha spirit. I'm gonna show you. Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says this, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where there was a woman that welcomed Jesus into her house. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master. So Mary is obsessed with every word that is coming out of Jesus' mouth. She's hanging on every syllable. She's attentively looking into Jesus' eyes. Her heart, the position of her heart, isn't somewhere else. Think about how many times we come to church and we're here, but we're really not here. Our heart, our thoughts, our attention is far from here and with the Lord. And Mary is sitting attentively. She's obsessed with what Jesus has to say. The word says this, absorbing every revelation he shared. God can't force you to eat the meal. I, I, I feel... I feel it, I just feel the Holy Spirit on this right now. I, I need to lean into this for a second. He can't force you to eat the good things of the word of God. He can't force you to eat the good things that he serves up on Sundays. He can't force you to live in his plan. This is why Deuteronomy says, oh, that you would choose life and not death. But the Lord knows there's so many of you, you're just gonna continue to choose death. Mary made a decision. I want to receive everything he has to say. This is revelation. And this revelation that he's talking about is going to change my life. Verse 40, but Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores, and preparing for the guests. This is Martha faith. This is toxic faith. She is so tired. And I think so many of us would relate with that. We come in here on Sundays, we're so tired. We're so whipped. We're so overwhelmed. And to be really honest, tired is really kind of all we know. We understand it. We live in this grind culture, and we think if I can just grind, if I can just work harder, if I can just do more, if I can just get ahead, I can do it in my strength, I can do it in my wisdom, I can do it in my talent, my ability. I can just grind and I can make this happen. We all have so many tasks. We have so much work to do. We all have so many plans. We all have so many things to get to. 
Martha completely has faith in Martha. Completely has faith in her work, her hard work, her ability, her strength. And she completely believes with all of her heart that her hard work will actually please Jesus. Her work, her ability, her strength, she believes so much in her ability and her talent of hospitality. I'll impress Jesus. He'll see all my good work. He'll see everything I'm running around and doing and touching. He'll see it. He'll bless it. He'll be so happy with all of my hard work. She believes that it will actually bring her into right standing with God. I can serve enough. Maybe I'll give enough. Maybe I'll show up to church enough. Maybe I'll do enough good things for the world. God will be happy with me. I'll have right standing with God. She believes this so deeply that she believes that she is going to impress Jesus with her work, she believes it so deeply that she actually interrupts the God of the universe. She comes to Jesus and she says, Lord, don't you think it's unfair? And I think so many of us are looking at the Lord going, God, it's unfair. How did they get ahead? Don't you see my hard work? Don't you see what I'm doing? Don't you see my strengths? Don't you see my gifts? Don't you see my ability? How did they get ahead? It's unfair, God. 2023 was unfair. I'm in the valley, they're on the mountaintop. Where are you, God? Don't you see? Don't you see my work? I live this all the time. The Lord spoke to me the other day. He said, why do you run around this church trying to make everybody happy? He said, every Sunday you run around this church like your head's cut off, just trying to make everybody happy, trying to make everybody happy, trying to make everybody happy, trying to make everybody happy. He said, your job isn't to make them happy. Your job is to make me happy. But you're running around trying to please everybody, trying to make sure everybody's okay, trying to make sure that everybody will get to heaven, trying to make sure because of your work and your good deeds and how you pastor and how you serve that they're gonna make it to heaven. She looks at the Lord, she says, look at me. She actually verbalizes it. She says, look at my hard work. God, don't you see my degrees? God, don't you see what I've done at my company? How did I not get that bonus? How did I not get that raise? How did I not get increased? God, how? How did I not get into that college? Don't you see what I'm doing? Look at all my hard work, God. She says, my sister left me to do all the work by myself. I'm on my own. How many times do we tell God that, God, I'm on my own, I'm on my own. 
I got nobody to help me. I got nobody with me. So I'll just, I'll just work harder. I'll, I'll come up with my own plan. I'll come up with my own system. I'll come up with my own wisdom. And I'll just, if nobody's with me, then they're against me. And I got this and I'll do me. She said, I'm all by myself. And then she even goes as far to tell the Lord, Lord, I want to tell you how to do your job. Lord, it's so unfair. How did they get blessed and I didn't? You need to reverse this, God. You need to change this, God. This doesn't make sense, God. And the Lord responds to her. He says, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you so upset and troubled? I feel the Lord asking you that today. Why are you so upset all the time? The church of Jesus Christ should be the most happy, joyful, peaceful place on the planet. And I feel the Lord looking at you going, why are you so upset all the time? Well, he gives us the answer. And pulled away by many distractions. You're not going to find victory in 2024 when you're just pulled away by all the distractions. And you want to know the greatest distraction? It's the idea of, I'm just going to survive. Like, if we can just survive to this next bill. Like, if we can pay this bill, we can just survive to that bill. If we can just survive to the next payday. If we can just survive past the holidays. I mean, think about that. Think about how many are like, man, if we can just, you know, survive the, the gift buying and still have enough money to pay our bills. If we can just survive... We're just distracted. How can you hear God when you never give God a free moment to even say anything? We're just filling our days with distractions. Like there's not even a moment to be bored. I told our son Ben the other day, we, we made a rule. We're like, no more iPad after like eight o'clock. And he was like, what am I supposed to do? I'm gonna be bored. I said, it's okay to be bored. Can I say to you as adults, it's okay to be bored? That in the boredom, that in the silence is where the Holy Spirit will show up and he will speak to you about your life and about your future and he'll give you heavenly perspective and he'll give you insight that will actually bring you victory in 2024. But you're so distracted, you're distracted by your job and you're distracted about how am I gonna appease my boss and how am I gonna handle this client and how am I gonna get that raise and if we can just make more money, we'll be more happy. We're just so distracted. And the Lord goes, Martha, you don't get it. Verse 42, Mary has discovered one thing most important to sit at my feet. 
You think you're going to earn your way into heaven. You think you're going to earn your way into God's grace. You think you're going to earn your way into that next season of blessing. You think you're going to earn your way to the next mountaintop. And the Lord says, hey, just come with me through the valley. Hold my hand. Allow me to take you through the valley. And I'll lead you to the mountaintop. I'll provide everything you need. Years ago, I was so stressed out of my mind, I couldn't sleep. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're so worried, you're so fearful, you're so stressed, you can't sleep. My wife, Jessica, was pregnant with Michael, right here. And uh, we had just lost our job. Anybody know what that feels like? You lose a job, you lose your income. You don't know what you're gonna do. And I was so scared and I was so worried. And it was about 1.30 in the morning and I remember it was Christmas time. We had a little Christmas tree, just a real tiny little Christmas tree. And I was just on the floor sobbing to the Lord, like, God, what am I going to do? How am I going to provide? How am I going to take care of this son? I can't even take care of ourselves right now. I have no job. I have no future. God, where are you? And the presence of the Lord came into the room. And he said, son, you don't have to provide. I do. You don't have to provide for him. I do. And the Lord told me so clearly. He said, you will always have what you need for every season I've called you. There's so much power in the room right now. So you're just so worried. You're so distracted. You have such toxic faith. And the Lord's going, son, daughter, relax. Just stay close to me like Mary. Just hear my words. And I promise you, I will provide for you everything you need for every season. Over the last 12 months, I've been so worried and stressed about a couple things. One of them was, God, I don't know any architects. I don't know anybody that can help us. Whew. With this next building. And then one day I was just in a conversation after church with Maria Monday. Is she in here right now? Yeah, there she is. Raise your hand. Okay. And we we're just talking. And I didn't even know this. And Maria was like, So I'm an architect? I was like, Really? You've been in my church for like four years and I didn't know you were an architect? Well, that's incredible. And so Maria just starts drawing up plans for the next season. And on last Monday, I met with Maria and Maria's boss and one of the co-owners of this architectural firm. We met for a couple hours, wonderful man. And during the conversation, I found out, number one, that he's also a believer in Jesus. 
that he's gone to church for over 30 years. And then as crazy as it sounds, he just did a project with my old pastor, Pastor Pat from Dayton. And as soon as I heard that, the Lord said, I will always bring you what you need when you need it. It was so clear. So that was Monday, that was Monday. Tuesday, I had a meeting with a man from US Bank. We have to refinance our current building and some things, and I've been really stressed out about it. Again, I don't know any bankers. I don't have any connections. I don't know what to do. And it's so funny because for a year, every time I talk to the Lord about it, he goes, don't worry about it. I'm like, stop telling me not to worry about it. He said, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. A couple weeks ago, I'm at dinner with a family in the church. And somehow the topic of banking came up. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit will just work in his plan. And, and he said to me, he said, yeah, I have a great friend that's in banking. And I was like, really? I was like, I need a great friend that's in banking right now. He said, okay, let me set up a meeting for you. Tuesday, I go to lunch. I meet a man named Nassim. He's from Jordan. We sit down. And for two hours, we don't talk about banking. We don't talk about the church. We don't talk about anything. We talk about how three years ago he got a hold of a Bible and he started reading the Bible and he met Jesus and Jesus has radically changed his life and changed his family and his life has been just flipped upside down. And for two hours we talked about Jesus and we got to the end of the conversation. He goes, I believe that we are being put together at the right time, at the right place. And the Holy Spirit said, I told you I'll bring you everything you need. I hear the Lord saying, stop worrying. Stop freaking out. Relax. Just stay close to me. That's all you have to do. Just like Mary, just come sit at my feet. Listen to my words. Hear my voice. I will lead your life. I will bring you everything you need for every season of your life. I got you. I got you. 